0: This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network.
1: Hey everybody, I've got a special announcement. Next week we will be welcoming back to our show the creator of Animaniacs, Mr. Tom Ruger. But joining him will also be someone that you might be familiar with He's a writer of Animaniacs, writer of Freakazoid, and several other cartoon series you might be familiar with. He's also the voice of Mr. Director. In case you haven't guessed, it's Mr. Paul Rugg. That's right, uh, voice of Freakazoid as well. Uh, He's going to be on the show with Tom. What questions do you have for Tom and Paul? Send them in to Animanicast at RetroZap.com. That's Animanicast at RetroZap.com. Get those questions in as soon as possible, and who knows, you might just hear your question answered on the air next week. Now back to the previously scheduled episode. And welcome everybody to episode 82 of the Animaniacast.
2: I'm not hearing a song. I'm hearing noise. No, no, two noises. Stoppen Sie. A song has many notes. Says who? Says the... uh, Song president. the, the, The big president of songs. Oh, him.
1: And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We're the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs. And here we explore the series episode by episode, exploring all the cultural references and gags that we can find. And in the end, we give each episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother Nathan, a Portuguese skipper. The girls find me cute. <laughs> And across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. Hello, Kelly. Well, today, guys, we got a pretty musical episode, don't we? Yes. Yes. That's all I could, that's all I could really describe this episode. It's nothing but music today on today's episode. This is episode 82. Uh, it features Wacko's two note song, Panama Canal, Hello Nurse, The Ballad of Magellan, the return of the great Wakarati, and the big rap party tonight. Plus, it gives us an extended uh, opening theme. There's a lot of stuff in this one. Um, what do you guys think? If someone were to ask you about this episode in just a few words, uh, what would you tell them? Kelly?
3: The opening theme really freaked me out.
4: <laughs> and Nathan, what about you? I thought the uh, Pinky and the Brain would be a huge part based on that opening theme, and I—I I mean, I guess they're in like most segments, but <laughs> they're like very heavily featured in the opening song.
1: Yeah, I—I I agree. It was weird um, to see them appear and then disappear in this episode.
3: Well, usually when they do Pinky and the Brainy, that usually is an indicator that. There'll be a Pinky in the Brain segment.
1: Yeah, I think what the the reasoning behind showing them uh, at the beginning right here was this uh, opening track actually was featured in the Animaniacs soundtrack, where it's this extended musical interlude, where they're showing so a lot of doesn't... clips. Are you sure? Check your soundtrack, because it should be there. I
3: listened to
1: it. <laughs> oh, really? Was... Then, I'm yeah. see- then I'm seeing notes. Maybe because you have, do, wait, do you have the cassette still?
3: Yeah, I have a cassette. Okay,
1: maybe, maybe it I mean, was the shorter...
3: I I I have them as MP3s now, but oh,
1: okay. I still
3: have it for nostalgia.
1: Okay, I'm wondering if maybe the... Because I, I saw some notes. Because I seem to remember the Animaniacs theme being a little longer on the soundtrack. And well, I had the soundtrack. Well,
3: the end theme that I think seems like it's a little, a little hmm. longer. But yeah, not the, not the main theme. I,
1: I wonder... Think... But you know what? Maybe it's because... You know, maybe it was because it's on cassette and they decided to go with a shorter version because of the, the limits because of being a cassette. I don't know. Well, I'll double check that, uh, you know, I'll double check that at some I, point.
3: When it came on and I was watching it, I was like, what is with this opening? I thought they just like were going to skip the whole thing about... You know, pinky in the brain, and and good feathers and everything, and I I didn't I was so confused.
1: <laughs> I know, and just come. The,
3: the words are gone. It's all just or- orchestral.
1: Yeah, orchestral, yeah. Or-chestral, orchestral,
3: orchestral.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was different. That's for sure. Um, but it was nice to see. I mean, I think that that whole version was. Um, that that longer version, if it wasn't on the Animaniacs soundtrack, then it must have been on either Yakko's World or maybe Variety Pack, um, one of those soundtracks, because I remember at that, it, it I believe it ends with Pinky and the Brainy. That's my only guess as to why it would have ended with Pinky and the Brainy, because it just it didn't make any sense otherwise, did it? Um, anyway, because today's episode has all to do with uh, music. Hey, Nathan, what would you say about this episode of Somewhere to ask you about it in a few words?
4: Uh, it's all about music. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get uh, straight into it. But before we do, before we get straight into it, Nathan, I almost <laughs> forgot. When did, when did this episode first premiere?
4: You almost forgot when this episode first premiered? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, it was on Saturday, February 24th of 1996, of course. Uh, That was just three days before the release of Pokemon Red and Blue. And five days before the release of Civilization 2, if you like video games. Oh, I love Civilization. Oh, those are fun. It was three days before the American film production uh, company Happy Madison Productions was founded by Adam Sandler. And it was four days before uh, Alanis Morset won the 38th Grammy Award for Jagged Little Pill. Ooh, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of '90s stuff there. Yeah, nothing on the day, but you know, in the coming <laughs> week, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up.
1: And this was the the season three finale, correct? Yep. This one. So, yeah, we're kind of we're, we're having a big wrap party, so we're wrapping up season three <laughs> and uh, going on into season four uh, coming up next week. And I might as well plug it right now, guys. As long as we're we're heading towards the end of the line here with our discussion of Animaniacs episodes. Uh, I just want to remind everybody to head over to survey.animaniacast.com. Because... Would you like to
3: take a survey? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, no questions about George Went, we promise. <laughs> or beans. Uh, or George Went eating beans. Just, uh, we want to ask you guys what you think we should talk about when we're all done with uh, these classic episodes of Animaniacs. Because we all know that the reboot is going to be coming out uh, in 2020. But... Uh, until that happens, uh, we, we need to talk about some stuff. We want to talk about some stuff. And, is uh, Steven
3: Spielberg a choice?
1: Is, is Steven Spielberg a choice? Yes. Why the heck not? We'll talk about Steven Spielberg. No, well, uh, <laughs> he's indirectly one of the choices, because the main choices are uh, Pinky and the Brain, uh, Freakazoid, Tiny Toons, or a rotation of those topics. And. Uh, I suppose we can just throw Stephen as, you know, if you say rotation, we might just talk about Stephen an episode. Why the heck not? Uh,
3: That's-
1: <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into our discussion right now of today's episode. And we're going to start off with Wacko's two-note song. And Wacko's two-note song was written by Peter Hastings. And it was directed by Rusty Mills. Nathan, uh, tell us what happens here in Wacko's two-note song.
4: All right. Well, we have another road trip with Dr. Scratch and Sniff, uh, which is pretty impressive after that last road trip we had with him. Uh, So in this time, uh, all the Warners get in the car pretty quickly, which is great. Uh, But Wacko is playing his accordion in the back, and he's just playing the same two notes over and over again uh anyways <laughs> uh dr scratch is getting pretty upset he's like hey stop making that noise and wacko's like hey i'm trying to make a song here and so uh dr scratch points out that according to the uh president of songs uh you have to have more than two notes but uh then he finds out that by listening to uh Yakko hitting the, his little paddle ball and Wacko playing his instrument. And then Dot adds a little extra instrumental in the background that this could be any sort of song, like a polka or it could be a rock and roll song. It could be jazz or classical. It could be a big marching band kind of music. And, uh, you know, Dr. Scratches really enjoys the music. And by the end, they're all singing la, la, la to the tune. And, um, but even at the end after that, uh, doctor Scratch and Sniff starts to make his own song by uh, honking his horn uh, repetitively uh, annoying doctor, uh, annoying plots so that's a fun it's a fun one it is a fun one
0: Doctor Scratch and Sniff will
2: you stop making that terrible noise it's not noise I'm writing a song
0: poor guy finally snapped his noodle da, da,
1: da, da, da. there's a, a great analysis by the way of uh of this uh, first cartoon, I thought, on uh, the Tumblr blog, Hello Nice Warners. And it was written that this really kind of shows that music can be found anywhere. You know, music can be just two notes, and you can have a song from that. And really kind of seeing, I think, Dr. Scratch and Sniff's imagination uh, come to life in this uh, cartoon is, is sweet. It's kind of it's cool to see.
3: Is the Smurfs theme two notes?
1: Um, uh, la, 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 la. Nope.
3: It's got more than a lot more,
1: about more laws. <laughs> That's the second episode in a row that I've had to do the, th- the Smurfs theme. That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't like, I don't like thinking about the Smurfs more than uh, once per decade. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I think I should mention that today's episode, before we get really too much into it, I've never seen today's episode before today, all the way through. I've seen, like, the songs separately, like on YouTube or um, maybe compilations or something like that. But I was familiar with all of these songs except for Hello Nurse because all of these songs were featured, um, I think a lot of them are featured on the second Animaniacs soundtrack, Yakko's World, but they were also featured on uh, Variety Pack as well. So... I knew all these songs, I sang along with them and everything, but I was very interested in seeing visually what Wacko's two-note song looked like. When it comes to references, uh, well, they talk about Boutros Boutros Gali.
2: Sorry we're late, Scratchy. We were up all night talking to Boutros Boutros Gali. (gasps) The leader of the United Nations? Nah, that's the name of our pet sea monkey. Some coincidence, huh? I see. (laughs) Which I
1: love sea monkeys. I always have, I still get sea monkeys to this day and um, keep them at my school and kids walk up and go, what are those? And they're freaked out that they're sea monkeys and they, they got to learn more about them. And they live about a month and then they die. And all the kids ask me where they went. And I say, they went to sea monkey heaven. Bubble Bob Bob Brain, the audience was back. I thought that was kind of cool to see those uh, country fans. The only mm-hmm. in the Animaniacs universe, if you like country, you have that kind of face apparently. You just your eyes <laughs> kind of spread out and you become these kind of uh zombie not zombie people, but they I don't know. They just all looked like the same person kind of, didn't they? But anyway, at the very end, the only other kind of reference I could really think of that maybe they were going towards was uh the music man with seventy-six trombones. You know when they're all they're marching down the street and everything, it was very reminiscent to the end of The Music Man when they're when they're singing and dancing. And I swear I thought I saw Baby Herman from Roger Rabbit in the crowd. It was the weirdest thing. I'll share with you guys a screenshot of it later. But I swear it was it was it looked like Baby Herman. So, just FYI. Anyway, what were some of the things that you guys liked about this? Uh, first uh, song
3: i really loved dr scratch and sniffs um enthusiasm once it got going and you know every different musical genre he was participating in he would get more and more excited and i just i loved his face it was just so cute he was really into it
1: <laughs> and nathan what about you
4: i really liked how uh, wacko seemed to know who the big president of Music is uh, um, of yeah. songs. Yeah, yeah the president
1: of songs. Oh, him. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, and I just like how uh, Doctor Scratch's chair stays the same, like green color, as if it's, like the whole thing is just in his head, and he's just picturing himself in these different locations. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It every, reminded me of uh, the One Note song from uh, Tenacious D. Every
3: once in a while, bend it. And that's it. And just remember who wrote that song. Me,
1: baby. Me. Well, uh, uh, yes, it did. And, you know, it was just sweet. It was just a cute, sweet thing. And it was widescreen, too, which makes me wonder, you know, like I'm Mad was put up on movie screens. And this is our second one, I believe, that was widescreen. And it just makes me wonder, what, what, did they have plans to put these up on uh on the big screen as well? I would hope so because, you know, I think Animaniacs would have uh, been popular enough for that. And it, I just like it when cartoons are on the on movie screens. They don't have those before serious films anymore. They used to back in the 40s and 50s. Not that I was there for it, but I know that they did that.
3: <laughs> when they have the summer movie festival at the Fox Theater here in Atlanta, they'll uh, show a cartoon beforehand. And... um so, so like, I've seen Jaws and Raiders of the Lost Ark, and don't know if you can detect a theme going on there. <laughs> um, but this year, their lineup's no good. But, but yeah, they bring back that sort of classic feel where I, I think the last time we went to a movie there, they showed um, the Michigan Jake Frog um, cartoon.
1: Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. That's re- a classic. I remember seeing a, a Pepe Le Pew cartoon in front of a movie once. It was just – and it was a classic one, too. It wasn't a new one. Um but we'll be bringing up Roger Rabbit again a little later in uh, in today's episode. But uh, Roger Rabbit was really the last major uh, ones that they were really pushing out before movies that I can think of. I mean, there was, what, uh, Tummy Trouble, Roller Coaster Rabbit, and Trail Mix-Up, which were all just fantastic uh, shorts. And uh, put them before, you know, some, let's see, Dick Tracy, Honey, I Shrunk the kids, and the third one was just a bad Disney movie that nobody saw. Something about kids walking around in Africa that I don't remember, (laughs) and nobody
3: Oh, Oh, a far-off place.
1: It was a far-off place? Okay, never mind. Kelly remembers it. With
3: Reese Witherspoon.
1: Well, okay, okay, okay. I take it all back. I've never seen it, but I I still think it's a bad (laughs) movie. (laughs) But, guys, I just sent you the the picture of what I think it looks like Baby Herman. If you check your messenger... Um, you can see if that looks like Baby Herman to you. What do I you think, think? You're crazy. Do you, do you see what he looks like on this on the far right.
3: He looks more like a kid from The Grinch to stole Christmas. Oh,
1: <laughs> Cindy Lou, yeah. Lou boo
3: you look at the eyes.
1: Kind of. I just thought, you know, it's when I was holding a teddy bear. <laughs> see, that's the thing. When I was when I was first <laughs> when I was first watching it, I just thought he was holding a cigar, like and it, the the it looked like blonde hair on top of his head. Yeah, when you look at it closer, okay, fine, it's not Baby Herman, but it it's a kid <laughs> just standing there with a diaper on and it looked like It's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it counts. Anyway, well, there's another, there's a Roger Rabbit thing going on later in this cartoon that I know was taken from from uh, Roger Rabbit as a reference point. So we'll keep moving on. Let's go ahead and go to our next cartoon. Or our next song, I should say. And this one's called Panama Canal. And Panama Canal was written by John P. McCann. It was directed by Adu Payden. Well, Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here in Panama Canal?
3: Panama Canal is a segment that, um, it is it is a song, and it's about the Panama Canal. And apparently the tune is from the song Erie Canal, so they didn't venture too far off the source material.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And... Oh wait, no. Now I'm reading
2: this. Well, I think it's called.
1: It's called Low Bridge Everybody Down or Erie Canal, depending on okay. what you want. Which, when I heard Low Bridge Everybody Down, what do you think of Nathan? Do you think of the same thing I think of? Bundren Bridge? Nope. I think of Freakaz- <laughs> I think of Freakazoid in an episode that's actually written by John P. McCann, uh, Dance of Doom. Paul Rugg was improvising as Freakazoid in this first episode that they did, and he sings low bridge everybody down, and um, goes Mm. on like that. So that's the first, whenever I see the words low bridge everybody down, I just think Freakazoid. But anyway, back to the actual song, (laughs) Kelly, what do we got?
3: Uh, Well, well... It feels like the segment is um, primarily uh, educational to uh, teach people about canals, and it, it kind of ch- demonstrates how they um, go into the lock and how everything is, is done and, and the uh, how it, it offers a, a bridge. I guess it links the uh, I guess, it, doesn't it link the Atlantic and the Pacific?
1: Yeah. And uh, I'll, you know, one of the Theodore Roosevelt's uh, projects, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he went down there. And,
3: uh, one time, young run. Indiana Jones met him in an episode.
1: Exactly, that was a good one. Went to Africa. It was a,
3: well. It wasn't as good as some of the later years.
1: Well, that's true. It's one of the good younger years ones.
3: Yes, there are a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's a cute little segment and um, shows the boat going through the Erie Canal.
1: Well, there are lots of puns in this one, and I just... And really, they're all visual gags. I mean, educationally, it's a fun song. It has a very catchy tune, and I love the song. I mean, again, I would just sing this song along in Yakko's world, and I just bopped around with it as it was going on watching it last night. Um, I guess the first visual joke is the all the different stickers that you get when you cross the canal.
2: You enter a lock; it's a ship corral. Forty miles on the Panama Canal. You pay your money, then get a decal. Forty miles on the Panama Canal.
1: And he has, of course, just like luggage, different badges from across the the world, and a few of the ones that I saw were Martian canals. So you know, like the like the little canals that people thought were on Mars when they looked through old telescopes. The Alimentary Canal, which shows some intestines. Uh, A Root Canal shows the image of a tooth. Uh, Canal number 5 it's a perfume bottle. Uh, There's an Ear Canal and the Suez Canal and Canal Street in New York. Uh, There's the Eerie Canal, uh, which uh, shows like a ghost, which I thought was kind of a neat little pun there too. Uh, Pinky and the Brain do make a quick appearance in this one, and they're dressed up as uh, skippers or they're actually in a little sub and that little sub can be found, I believe in the first episode of the spinoff Hinky in the brain where they go and lift up the Titanic uh, for reasons that I forget off the top of my head. <laughs> I think they use like a balloon or something like that. I don't know. People are screaming at their iPods to tell me exactly what happened. Uh, Maybe we'll get to it. We'll find out exactly what happened then. The uh, and the other thing I saw was just a lot of lock jokes. Um there's a Panama locks and bagels that Hello Nurse is serving uh locks and bagels to people, uh like monkeys and a parrot actually. Uh there's a Panama, there's a Panama locks, which is a wa- a wash and set. In other words, it's a it's a hairdresser where you can get your locks done. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's also, I don't know, maybe you guys know what this means. One of the boats in the canal, not Yakko's ship. That one, of course, is named Hal. But there's one called the Erskine Erskine Chunk? I have no idea what that means. Erskine, E-R-S-K-I-N-E, Chunk.
4: I don't know. Well, I have no idea.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So any of your listeners want to, maybe that's an anagram for something, or I don't know what's going on, or maybe it's just nonsense. Uh, I did reach out to John McCann to ask him about these little gags on the side, if he was responsible for writing those as well. And he said he thinks those go to the store, you know, the artists who are actually doing them, not, uh, not necessarily him. So, uh, but it's, it's a, a lot of, gags, very catchy tune. Nathan, what did you like about this uh, song?
4: It was very educational. I know, I now know exactly how much water it takes to drench a sheep. <laughs> uh, it's very good. It's a very good song. I agree.
1: And Kelly, what about you?
3: It was cute. I Learned a little bit more about the Panama Canal. You cross the locks, they number three,
2: full of water for you and me. 100 feet wide, 41 feet deep, water enough to drench a sheet. High luck, up goes the ship, low luck, the ship takes a dip. First there is the water level, then lower it again, cross the Panama Canal, it's releasing.
1: Really I don't know if I've used this uh, particular song in a classroom setting or not, but I could definitely see it being used. Um uh, for a history lesson you know hey throw throw a song on teachers whenever you uh want to engage the students even if it's quote unquote cringy as my students usually like to say I say that's kind of the point cringe enjoy <laughs> enjoy the corniness of this um, let's go ahead and go on to the the next uh song here and this one is called hello nurse And Hello Nurse was written by Randy Rogel. who was directed by Adu Payden, and uh, features a, a really cool, almost film noir esque uh, title card. I really like the title card of this one, showing the silhouette of Hello Nurse on it. Well, Kelly, let's go back to you. What do you? What happens here in Hello
3: Nurse? It is a um, basically a homage to Hello Nurse. Uh, Yakko and Wacko are singing about her and it uh it goes all over the place i mean she's they they talk about how she's i think great at math and she um is an expert doctor and i'm trying to like replay the episode in my head <laughs> but um she's oh she um can speak is it? I think she speaks Chinese,
1: Japanese. I think yeah, or she
3: speaks Japanese. But, but then she there's, was a, the there's imp- a part where she visits China, right? She
4: was the ambassador to yeah. China. Oh, okay. Right. I'm guessing she would also speak Chinese. Probably. if she's an ambassador to China. So. <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I kind of thought maybe she she speaks both. And um, so she she's. I mean, to talk about a uh, person that wears a thousand hats, and um, she's apparently an expert at all these things. And um, they're basically just singing her praises yeah. And that, that's what the song is She's the woman of a year
2: Independent, a career There's not a thing that she couldn't do Oh, she's alert, she's aware She's got legs like a stair, And a like you She has several... H speaks fluent Japanese, and her shoes will always match with her purse. Whatever street she's walking down, everybody turns around and says, "Hello, nurse."
1: At the very end, I mean, Yakko and Wacko say, "If uh, you know, if, if any words that they s- said, you know, were untrue, that lightning should strike them dead." And of course, they get struck by lightning, which makes me. <laughs> but they lived. Through but they did it, so. live. So they. So all the words were probably. They must have been true, right?
3: Well, uh, and then they end up in her arms. Yeah, so. exactly.
1: So maybe that was the point. <laughs> <laughs> they just wanted to get close to "Hello, Nurse" once again. Um, but either way, I mean, the point is, I don't think the point is to see like uh, that every single word was true. That "Hello, Nurse" could was all these things. But it's I think one of the points is that just Wacko just loves her so much and that he just thinks the world of her and doesn't. And what I appreciate about this song is that they're not just saying like she's so pretty or something like that. She's so hot. She's so hot. Which it does bring up that a little bit at the beginning. Um, but the majority of it is talking about how smart she is, you know, and how uh, mm-hmm. and and how intelligent she is and how she does all these things and and that's to be admired. So that's that's cool and. Jess Harnell, as Wacko, really is doing a fantastic job in this song. I, I really uh, loved how jazzy this uh, this tune is. Randy Roquel, by the way, sings this at Animaniacs Live, or at least he did when he came down here to Tucson, and it's just a he does a fantastic job. Just hearing him playing on the piano is a, a real treat. Um, Nathan, what are some parts in this uh, cartoon that you liked?
4: Uh, I like when uh, the doctors get distracted by hello, nurse, and the the patient flatlines. was a a little dark.
1: That was very dark,
4: yes. (laughs) (laughs) But it was funny. Um, I like knowing that the nurse uh, is a doctor, I guess, a doctorate. She has doctorates, right? A PhD. She's Dr. Nurse. (laughs) Dr. (laughs) Nurse. Hello, Dr. Nurse. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Hello, nurse. That's what her name is. (laughs) That's right. Hello, doctor. Hello, nurse. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, there's some fun. Uh, I, I I don't know. Just learning all these things that she's so smart. Uh, she could do anything. I think that she should practice the piano, though. Like she's playing. Uh, who? What? What musician? Like Chauvin or something? Yeah. I was like, but never practice. I was like, oh, I could do that. I could play some you know i could play beethoven and never practice it's just not gonna sound good because you know i don't know how to play
1: beethoven i can play beethoven i can just put them right here on the computer and press play there you go (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah there this is the cartoon by the way that it was roger rabbit reference i mean right at the beginning when she's walking down the hallway and she's pushing that cart that shot and I'll put a comparison if possible up on our show notes uh, over at Animaniacast.com. but it it looks like Jessica Rabbit dressed up as a nurse walking down the hallway in Tummy Trouble. It, it, it I think it even goes if I'm if my memory serves me correct, I think the camera even pans up the exact same way. <coughs> I'm just dropping stuff here. The camera even pans up the same way it happens in Tummy Trouble. So, uh I think a real direct reference right there, which was which was cool to see. Roger Rabbit, by the way, turning 30 this weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah. One of my Yikes. Yeah. One of my all-time favorite films. Whenever I go to Disneyland, I have to check to see if there's any new Roger Rabbit merchandise, which usually there's not. But sometimes I can find a pin, which that's all I really care about. <laughs> It'll save a little bit of money on Disneyland trips.
3: I remember... When Roger Rabbit came out and my dad's like, do you and your friend want to go to the movies? And we're like, sure. So he takes us to the movies. And then he's like, okay, get out of the car. I'm dropping you off. And we're like, oh, because my mother never let us go to the movies by ourselves. And um, he's like, I'll pick you up in a couple hours. Wow. <laughs> so wow! That was the first time I ever went to the movies like without any parents.
1: Yeah. Well, it's kind of – I could see why he – would do that. I mean, it's a cartoon, right? I mean, there's a lot of adult themes, though, in well, Roger Rabbit. Well, but mm-hmm. he only
3: did it because my mother was out of town. Uh... And,
1: he, and
3: he's like, specifically, don't don't tell your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm guessing he wanted to go hang out with some friends or something and say, okay, babysit, sit her at the movies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Back to the cartoon, I think there's just a few quick little things that I thought were kind of cool. I mean, the, uh, the babies right there, you know, they were going – Gaga over uh, Hello Nurse. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
4: Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: Thank
1: you. Thank you. Uh, so, so Fred Astaire appears in it for a, a moment or two. I don't know if that's exactly referencing a specific Fred Astaire musical when she's dancing around with him. She wears a cape, so I thought of Lando in this one. Because <laughs> Hello Nurse apparently likes to wear a cape, which, whatever. And she does not uh, conform to uh, gender roles. She will play King Lear with a beard. She will do that. So Hello Nurse, a very progressive woman. Gotta love her. She's uh, also
3: very stylish. I loved her outfits.
1: Yeah. The only thing I didn't like look-wise was Yakko and Wacko. They looked mm-hmm. totally weird. I believe uh, Acom uh, did the animation on this. And boy, oh, boy. they Acom, it's like they animated the models of every other character looked right, you know, but it goes back to the Warners, which, hey, I'm no artist, but they would be, in my opinion, what some of the simpler, uh, you know, characters to draw, right? I mean, it seems like, to me at least, a human would be harder to draw, but uh mm-hmm. Yakko and Wacko, boy, oh boy, did they look frightening. Maybe they got bored of
3: drawing them, because they've been doing it for so long.
1: They got who to draw them?
3: They got <laughs>
1: bored. They got bored? tired of drawing the same character over and over again.
3: Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make excuses for them. Yeah, exactly.
1: And boy, boy, that was a creepy skeleton Wacko, wasn't it? I don't know. That was just... Yeah, that was weird.
3: I thought it was
1: cool. <laughs> and we learned how old Wacko was in this. He's seven. I, don't, yep. I think that's brand new information for us. So I learned something about
2: Wacko. <laughs> so... <laughs>
3: Tuned
2: for these words from our lovely sponsor. Way to kiss up, Dot. And together across the television dial are the four greatest superhero podcasts on the internet: Green Justice and Arrow Podcast, Scarlet Velocity, a Flash Podcast, Agents of Shield Case Files, and Terrigen Dreams and Inhumans Podcast. Join Super Friends Jovial J and Jedi Schwa weekly as they provide commentary and discussion on your favorite heroes. Only on
0: RetroZap.com.
2: According to legend, General Grievous was known to boast of the number of lightsabers he had acquired from the bodies of his slain Jedi enemies. Grievous was the first in a long tradition of collectors of rare items... A tradition that continues to this day on the Retro Zap podcast known as the Dork Lair. Dork Lair.
1: Let's go ahead and move on to our next song. I'm not even calling them cartoons. They're just songs. Uh, <laughs> and this next one's called The Ballad of Magellan. The Ballad of Magellan was written by John P. McCann and Paul Rugg, and it was directed by Adu Payton and Barry Caldwell. Nathan, tell us what happens here in The Ballad of Magellan.
4: Oh, well, we have a song all about Ferdinand Magellan, who uh, was the first uh, explorer to go around the whole world, I believe, right? Just in one go or something like that? Uh... (laughs) Sure. I don't know. I
3: I don't know. I just... I got distracted when you said Magellan. I'm like, are you jellin'? I'm jellin'. <laughs> well,
4: his that? his goal was to be the first around the world cuz you know how Columbus kind of like, you know, messed it up. You know, he's like, I'm going to go around the world. He didn't go around the world cuz you know, you have to go under the Americas and go all the way around. So Magellan did this um he would have uh it would have been nice if there was the Panama Canal that would have helped him cuz <laughs> <laughs> he, went the, he went the long way, uh, and it, uh, so he ends up in the song. He goes to Argentina, Chile, Guam.
2: A great storm arose in the mighty Pacific. The five little ships were diminished to three. At last land was sighted, Magellan was happy. But then someone shouted, hey, that's Chile. We'll be cheer up,
0: Magellan.
2: Check out your map and don't tear out your hair. We'll be Thai, i will keep trying Magellan. You'll
4: find the East Indies, you just don't know where. And then uh he unfortunately uh, goes uh, into some the Philippines and he sees some natives and they kill him with a spear. So uh, <laughs> that's the, basically the end of the song where the warners say, oh, the Indies uh, West Indies or East Indies are right over there. So that was fun. It's a very funny song. I like it a lot.
1: It's a very catchy tune. Um, (laughs) And uh, the only reference, cultural reference I could see real quick in this one was when they went to Argentina there was a big sign that said coming soon, Evita. uh, Referring to not only the musical Evita, but also the fact that I believe Evita was uh, one of the rulers, basically, of Argentina uh, back in the what was that, back in the 40s, I believe, I think? I don't know.
2: I never, no, I, 30s? Well, I,
3: think, I
1: think it was the 50s. The 50s? The We'll say the mid-20th century. <laughs> we'll say around <laughs> that time period. Uh, so, yeah, Eva Evita Peron, right? Evita Eva Peron. So, anyway. Yes. Yes. So, anyway. Uh, so, that was the only kind of cultural references. What are some moments that you guys thought were, were funny or memorable in this? Uh, Kelly.
3: Well, you already mentioned the Evita. Oh. Um, yeah, because I thought that was funny. I was like, oh, I get the joke. Because, um, you know, I like musicals, so I thought that was funny. And um, I uh, I thought the ghost of Magellan was funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's just kind of floating around. Uh, so
1: I guess he got there eventually, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, they're like, it was just over there. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs>
1: I know, I, I do love that part where he just says, What? And uh, yeah, it, d- it makes me laugh every time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they sailed due west to the Philippine Islands. Magellan was pleased as the natives drew near. But then someone shouted, I think I they're attacking. attacking. Magellan said, What? And got hit by a spear. <clears throat> die, aye, aye. Farewell, Magellan! You almost made it Really not fair. We'll be tied, oh Ghost of Magellan, the East Indies islands were
1: right over there. Yeah, it's such a catchy little tune. Um Nathan, what's something else that you think is uh is funny in this?
4: Um, just how upset and mad he keeps getting. Uh, like that—that's the East Indies, and it's like, no, I think that's Guam. You know, just. Very funny little stuff. Um, did we mention it's in the tune of "Get Along, Little Doggies"? No, we so didn't. We really
1: didn't mention we that. Didn't mention that. Yeah. In case
4: someone was wondering, like, "Oh, I recognize that on, theme one second, song." One. Oh, sorry, my phone was. Going what out. are you doing? My phone just started playing a song. I'm sorry. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> someone like recognized the tune it was get along a little doggy so that's uh, um but uh yeah just a very fun i like how educational it is at least knowing that you know it was five ships starts uh two of them sink and then that magellan didn't actually make it all the way and someone had to finish it for him i think um reading notes it was uh, a uh, uh, spanish juan sebastian elcano oh that that, that guy it was, it was in 1522 the guy that actually finished the voyage well, for Well,
1: good for him. Finish, the, finish <laughs> someone else's work. Good job. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's some good animation in this, too. Just like, you know, when they're stretching Magellan's face to make him smile. And, I mean, the Warners are not necessarily helping. I mean, they're, they're doing like, you know, pin the tail on the map, and they give him a map of Wisconsin at one point to help. <laughs> <laughs> Wacko, I think, is also drinking some of the grog. And one shot, which grog is alcohol, is alcohol. So I don't think seven-year-old cartoons should be drinking alcohol. That's just me. But what?
4: Well, seven and what you know, they're time lords. That, that's so time like, yeah, they came from
1: the nineteen thirties, so really it doesn't, you know, yeah, you can't card Wacko. He won't. It doesn't work. Um, <laughs> well, let's go ahead and uh, move on over to our next segment, and this one is the return of the Great Wackerotti and the return of the great the wait the return <laughs> and the return of the great wakarati was written by tom ruger it was directed by <clears throat> john mcclanahan <laughs> and kelly what uh what happens in uh, well the return of the great great Waccarati.
3: Well, the great Wakarati has uh, laryngitis, and he can't talk very much, um, much less uh, belch and tune to the music. And so initially it looks like he's going to have to cancel his concert, and you can hear the crowd kind of, you know, get upset. But then he decides the show must go on, so he comes out on stage and says, you know, very softly, you know, I can't speak, but I can use my hands. And um, so then he decides to uh, make little noises with his hands to the tune of the music. And then when it's time for a break, Dot comes out and instead of spraying his mouth with like, I don't know what she... She usually gives him like a carbonated soda and then um, I don't know, sprays like cologne or something in his mouth. Yeah. But um, or or... Or it's um like mouthwash. I'm never quite sure you know, what it yeah. is.
1: Yeah. Speaking of that, that just reminds me. In cartoons, they always do that. You know, they go and they spray there in the mouth. And as a kid, I really did think they were spraying perfume in their mouth. And I think yeah. I even did that once as a as a kid. I was a dumb four year old. But
3: I, to... I think back in like olden days, they did use did stuff they? like that. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean,
1: I I I, don't, I, I always know. assume later that it must be like a. Uh, just uh, a water or a mist or something like that, and then it would just look like a perfume bottle. But, again, listeners, if people maybe people did do that. Maybe people perfume in their mouth. I don't know. But I would see, like, the Mad Hatter doing it and things like that, and I'd be very confused. And let me tell you, I speak from experience. Cologne doesn't taste good when you squirt it in your mouth. Just FYI. The only thing
3: I've ever sprayed in my mouth was, like, chloroseptic And I hated it. Because it never actually hit the spot where my throat was sore.
1: Yeah, it's always the you tip know, so of your tongue. Throat.
3: I ah. know, right? My, my, the back of my tongue would get super numb. But anyway. So <laughs> yeah. So instead, Dot brings out um, like hot dogs and relish and mustard and, I think, ketchup. And puts them in his glove. He, he removes his glove and she pours all that in there and the, the gloves getting like bigger and bigger and bigger and I, I don't even know like I'm like is he gonna eat the glove now or eat the stuff out of the glove I don't know I understand. but he puts it back on his hand and resumes uh, the performance and uh, then he um, finishes and says very softly thank you thank you <laughs> and uh, that's it
1: yeah and of course there is one more sound but it doesn't come from his gloves
4: Which is yeah he he stomps he lets his gloves separate and he still makes a sound it's weird.
1: (laughs) Hint hint, (laughs) maybe (laughs) that I thought was the funniest part of the whole thing was oh uh (laughs) aha. Um, well this one reminded me of a lot of like weird owl songs. There's like you know the weird owl songs like I love Rocky Road. Where they would have this guy, and he could really like squeeze his hands together and make this noise really just impressive in some of those weird owl songs, and that's all I could think about in this one. Um personally, I liked this one a little bit better than the normal Waccarati cartoons, and I like the animation in the other ones. Uh, I think the facial expressions and stuff look awesome. I just thought it was uh, a little funnier uh, uh, cute I don't know what do you what do you think uh, Nathan?
4: Yeah, I agree. I, I like the uh, the gag in this one more. Um, I think I think it was, uh, I, I especially after seeing the other one so much, seeing another one of just burping, I don't think would be memorable. But like, this is a good twist on the idea. So I'm glad that they thought of it.
1: Yeah, the too. last, the, the Wackarati segments are, you know, it's like the same animation, it's just a different song and everything. So I was expecting mm-hmm. the same thing again, and luckily did not get that. Uh, Kelly, what about you?
3: I like the burping better, Um, but I did appreciate that they did, you know, twist it a little bit and and gave us a surprise wackerati.
1: You know, I was thinking when first seeing this, how cool it would have been. We were talking to Tom uh, Ruger and Randy Rogel a few weeks ago. Uh, They were talking about the soundtracks and how Tom had wanted to put the great wakarati on the soundtrack, and they were told... No, that's gross, and that don't do it. Um, but I told- I really think that that would have really been a hit with uh, kids if they uh, if they were able to keep that on the soundtrack. Oh well, it's and they get uh, to yeah. learn like classical music too. Like. Yeah, it's, it's educational. This was a Tchaikovsky piece from uh, the Nutcracker, uh, the Chinese dance, I believe, is what this one was. Or-
4: did you notice Wacko had a glove underneath his gloves? Was just, it just was weird. Yes, I did notice that. It was very <laughs> weird, and um, it, it
1: was. There's there's a lot of unexplained things in here, like how his his uh glove can you know absorb that many hot dogs and chili and sauerkraut and you know hand cream and all this stuff. It's it's kind of gross when you think about it, but. uh. Again, a nice change of pace, I suppose, right?
4: Yeah. Is it always the same orchestra? Like uh, having yeah. uh, Skippy and Mindy? It, yeah. the, those are always the same, right?
1: The, no, they they changed them up a little bit. Like uh, Yako is conducting this time, and last time mm-hmm. we saw them, it was uh Slappy was the conductor, and I think uh, Runt and Buttons were in were members of the orchestra before, and they weren't this time. So you know, mm-hmm. they're they're changing them up a little bit in the Animaniacs orchestra. Yeah. They're diverse. Uh, let's go. Speaking of Animaniacs cast, let's go ahead and talk about this last one here, which is called The Big Rap Party. The Big Rap Party was written by Tom Ruger and was directed by John McClanahan, once again. And in this one right here, this is. Well, this is a rap party. This is the rap for season three of Animaniacs, and they basically just talk about. How everyone's coming over. Lots of celebrities are going in. But they don't sing about the celebrities. We'll list off a lot of the celebrities that I saw. The people that they're talking about in the song are all members of the Animaniacs cast. And uh, what they're eating. And it's very... uh, And they they really go through just about every member of the uh, cast. And what they're eating at the party. And then some. Yeah, exactly. There's even Tiny Toons appears in this one. So... Uh, Babs and Buster and Plucky and Dizzy and GoGo and uh, there's a uh, El- Elmer Fudd and uh, Tweety and Sylvester. So we have some classic cartoon characters in there as well. But the Water Tower, boy oh boy, if this is ever a TARDIS where it's bigger on the inside. <laughs> it's this one because they have this line of people going to the the rap party in the Water Tower, and these are. Let me go my little list. I saw Tom Ruger was in line. Peter Hastings was in line. Uh, a guy that kind of looked like uh, Luke Perry. Whoopi Goldberg. Batman was there. Susan Sarandon. Uh, Mr. Director and Freakazoid were right next to each other, which is very appropriate. I'm sure, they had good conversations. Sharon Stone was there. Jack Palance. Cher. Michael Keaton. Milton Berle. Bob Hope. Jack Nicholson, David Letterman, Jay Leno, Ted Koppel, Julia Roberts, William Shatner, Marlon Brando, Michelle Pfeiffer, Dustin Hoffman, Clint Eastwood, maybe uh, the Beast from Woody uh, from Woody, the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. And the reason I'm saying Woody and the Beast is because Woody Allen was also there. Um, Mel Gibson was there. Uh, Mike Tyson, uh, Siskel and Ebert. Alfred Hitchcock apparently came back from the dead and was there. Let's see, uh, Warren Beatty. Was there with a? You're
3: forgetting somebody.
1: Oh, I'll I'll get to him. B. Arthur, I think, was in
3: there, and
1: well, Kelly. Who am I missing?
3: Steven Spielberg. That's right,
1: (laughs) Steven Spielberg, and uh, his wife, Kate Capshaw, was there as well. He was leaving with Minerva Mink, and I'm pretty certain that Minerva Mink was leaving with. At first, I thought it was the wolf from. Oh gosh, no, I'm I'm forgetting the the moon Moon over Minerva, right? But I, it's not that Wolf. I think it's they actually um, Walter Wolf's uh, nephew, who's the lawyer. Remember that cartoon where he's like he's a uh, prosecuting Slappy or something like that. Mm. Um, so I think that's who Minerva Mink was uh, leaving the party with. So that was her date.
3: I could see her dating a lawyer.
1: Oh, totally. Minerva would. <laughs> She would uh, she would be very happy to date a lawyer. Well, you know, and there was one thing that kind of confused me. It was uh, Button got some mutton. And uh, Button's got some mutton, I should say. And it came from Ralph Wolf, which I'm like, wait, I know of a Walter R- Wolf, but Ralph Wolf? And I guess there's a Ralph Wolf and maybe some Tex Avery cartoons. But I don't know. I think it's just a mistake. I think it was meant to be Walter Wolf if I'm if I was betting but anyway those are all the celebrities that I could find and oh yeah there's also Henny Youngman of course the Tiny Toons Henny Youngman and uh oh gosh I can't even Bumby's mom the actress who plays Bumby's mom was also in there too there's so much stuff going on Kelly what is uh what are some things that you liked about the the rap party here
3: Steven Spielberg
1: I know I could have said (laughs) I thought you were going to say that um uh, Nathan what about you
4: Ah, uh, there's just so many uh so many cameos it was just really interesting um I don't know if there's anything that really excited me like the tune itself. I was kind of like blah about I guess but uh just just the fact that they animated so many people was really exciting I think um this was originally uh aired on New year's eve of that year, so
1: yeah, and uh, I heard that they they changed up some of the things for the new year's, mostly showing the,
4: of it. the Lyrics, yeah, it was instead of saying the big uh, block party tonight. What was the rap party?
1: Rap yeah, party, not a block so party. The New years. year's,
4: yeah, that'd be better. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, <laughs> uh, I'm glad that Flamio wasn't eating veal because that would have been uh, bad. Oh yeah, Miss Flamio.
3: <laughs> Did you mention um, Pip? Pip. Uh, yeah, isn't that his name? Pip from. Um... Oh, that episode where he's at the party with the Warners and he starts talking to—that's right, they, Pip. Well, mm. yeah,
1: he was eating. He was next to Mr. Director, who was eating all the, the cheese balls, cheese balls cheese or nectar. Ball. Cheese balls or nectar to Mr. Director. Uh, <laughs> yes, he Pip was there. I forgot. I forgot Pip's name. I just think Ben Stein. That's all I could think of when I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> "That Ben Stein guy is there." So yeah, Pip. Uh, and maybe that's why Mr. Director looks so bored out of his mind. Like, he didn't look like he was enjoying the cheese balls, but maybe that's just because he didn't enjoy being next to Pip. Well,
3: Speaking of cheese balls.
1: <laughs> oh, yes.
3: Planters was doing a thing last week where they were putting up for auction and, and putting on different sites. Um, Planters cheese balls in a can.
1: I saw that. And
3: I went crazy. Because I've been talking just in the last few months, I'm like, "Oh, I wish planners would bring back the cheese balls in the can because that was amazing." And it somebody had posted on Twitter that it, they thought this was all about to see what kind of reaction that you know people would give to to make planners see if it was worthwhile to make the cheese balls again in the can.
1: Well, I I, I bet you're right. I mean, this is this is what what. Uh, McDonald's did right with uh, uh, what's the Szechuan sauce and everything with Rick and Morty and everything. They just did it on eBay as a uh, a quick little gag, and uh, before you know it, then they had to reintroduce it at least temporarily with mixed results. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, well,
3: I hope they bring them back because I love them.
1: I I was surprised they were even gone to begin with. <laughs> Honestly, I'm I mean,
3: too.
1: I was like, oh wait, cheese balls aren't. I can't go to the store and get Planter's cheese balls. I used to always get the the pop of the can and everything like that. Uh I used to love those. The way you pull that foil back and everything. Just smell that cheesy
3: goodness. (laughs) I probably ate them while I watched Animaniacs.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, This might be the last time we actually... I know in our last time we saw Colin, uh, the Randy, Randy Beeman kid. I said, oh, that's the last time we see Randy Beeman. He goes into his house and never comes out again. But he did come out, at least for the, the rap party here, which was nice to see. And him and Skippy hanging out and just grossing each other out was pretty cute. He said, yep, that looks like things 10-year-old kids would be doing. Uh,
4: yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I'm surprised Randy Beeman wasn't there, you know. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe he was. I mean, like. Maybe, we just didn't see him. We didn't know what he looks like. So. Yeah,
1: I mean, we don't know what he looks like. So he could be there. You just don't Um, know. Could have been one of those weird-looking caricatures. (laughs) Which, Speaking of which, I guess the only caricature, caricature that kind of bothered me was probably William Shatner's caricature, just because it's so off of every other time we've seen Shatner on the show I don't know he's he's look-
3: even Stephen was off too. Yeah,
1: he was off a little but there's so m- I, I can't be critical of that because there were just so many caricatures in this one mm-hmm. that I couldn't be like, "Ooh, that looks off" or something, you know. I think it was honestly for me some of the fun of this cartoon was pausing it and going, "Okay, who's that supposed to be? Like Michelle Pfeiffer, I did not get." Um and the um Milton Berle, uh, some people think it's Paul Lind and I'm like, ah, that's not Paul Lind, that's Milton Berle. But who's to know for sure? Because <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's, you have to interpret the artists uh, doing their work right here. But it, it was just a, it was just fun. It was a fun cartoon. Well, guys, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. <laughs> How many water towers out of five would you give this episode?
4: Uh Nathan, let's start with you. I'll give it three water towers. Um I uh it's 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 good to have like in the background, I think. It's not like one where you're like I don't know. I am just trying to think like what I didn't like about it. Like it's a good episode. Um I think that it's just it's just all songs.
1: <laughs> so you wanted a little bit more substance. You wanted more yeah. story
4: yeah okay. all right but like uh, yeah it was it was it's good though three though okay well so the
3: last episode we did didn't have any songs did it
4: no i gave that one two and a half so <laughs>
3: <laughs> why well, so like this one was a balance to that one yeah
4: exactly yes right. speaking of okay. which, they
1: just <laughs> i i i have a speaking of episodes ratings and everything like that um i was talking to one of our listeners on our our Discord channel, the Retro Zap Discord channel. By the way, you can join us, discord.animaniacast.com, everyone, to get on there and uh, have some conversations. But one of our listeners warned us, and they said that next week's episode is one of the worst of anime. Oh, Yeah. But then it's coming up with Cutie and the Beast in a couple of weeks, so we're going to be... I know, Kelly, you're going to like that one, so...
3: Yeah, um, I've never seen that one. Yeah,
1: exactly. So we have some... We have a, maybe a bad episode next week. We'll have to see. Anyway, let's, talk, let's finish talking about this one. Kelly, what's your rating for today's episode?
3: I give it a four because, I mean, there was so much in it and there was, a you know, a lot. Even if you didn't like everything in it, there was plenty to like in it. Uh, the songs were great and just everything was, was fun. And also Steven Spielberg.
1: Exactly. And I will give it a uh, four as well, because I uh, enjoyed it and had a lot of fun. And
3: uh, yeah,
1: it's a lot of a lot of good songs. I bopped around and had fun and uh, glad to finally see these cartoons after hearing the songs for so many years. It was nice to actually see the visual represent- representation of them. Well, let's I go.
3: The visual representation of you bopping around. Yeah, that would like, be weird. fix or it didn't happen. <laughs>
1: Well, let's go ahead and get to our poll results from last week. And um, well, since I didn't get it posted up in time, we got to go to our announcer again.
4: Ooh, yay!
1: Yeah, two weeks in a row. You're so happy. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, you are. I'm not. But anyway, why
3: can't you get Harrison Ford to read the results?
1: I should. You know what? Let's just get the let's skip the announcer and we're going to get Harrison Ford on the line to what? have him read the <laughs> the poll results for this week. Hang That's on. To amazing. It. Let me get him on the phone. Thank you, Mr. Ford. For... I, I wanted to ask a question. Oh, no, is too he... late. He's gone. I, I he sorry. <laughs> he hung I up. I wanted to
3: ask him what it was like to work with Steven Spielberg.
1: Well, he has been on the phone that one. Or he has been in our audience, or yeah, he was in studio. Though. Yeah, he was in the studio that one day. Remember? Gosh, I forget <laughs> what episode we were talking about. <laughs> but he did come in to uh, to to talk to us about flying his plane and landing it in the street next to us I don't know exactly what he was i forget much of that uh, but that's a that's a good one I, have to...
4: I mean it's surprising that you would forget like those momentous occasions
1: no yeah. why would i remember well that's the thing you can only remember harrison ford walking and as soon as that happens you forget yeah. everything animaniacs you just think about the time harrison ford walked in so anyway thank you harrison or, or i should say mr ford mr ford thank you very much giving us those poll results nathan let's go ahead and get to our poll question for this week
4: okay so we had a very musical episode today um so which of these lyrical songs was your favorite from today's episode um was it panama canal hello nurse the ballad of magellan or the big rap party tonight that's
1: a good question and there's a couple other ones but like we said this Those are the ones that had lyrics to them. So we're just going to limit it to those songs for this poll. So you can make your voice heard by going to twitter.com slash Animaniacast or simply search for a hashtag Animaniacast poll and let us know what you think. And we'll uh, hopefully be able to share those results to you live and uh, not have to worry about uh, giving them... With uh, the announcer, or call up and Ford again, or something—I don't know. Let's go ahead and get to our contact information. Nathan, where can people get in contact with you online?
4: If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm uh there all the time, uh, <laughs> constantly posting. Uh, uh, Django FT—that's me. And
1: yeah, I, people got to follow Nathan. He is—it's—he, my brother is actually funny.
4: On Twitter. Sure. Unlike other uh, people. I have 45 followers at least, so uh, they're already following me probably. <laughs> I,
3: I think I'm up to almost 2,000, so, you know, help me. Let me well, cross
4: over that 2,000. Exactly. I'm not okay. browning, though. I mean, hey, uh, uh, 45 is almost 2002, so. uh <laughs> Well, Kelly, where can people get in contact with you
1: on Twitter so that they can follow you?
3: Uh, Yoda Princess, Y O D A P R N C S S, or email me, Kelly at BigShinyRobot.com.
1: Alrighty, and as for the Animaniacast we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Check out our Discord channel, discord.animaniacast.com where you can talk to us about animation, animaniacs. Uh, you can also look at all the other uh, different Star Wars and uh, pop culture podcasts that are available on RetroZap. As well, and talk with the creators, and really just talk with a lot of uh, a lot of the listeners of the show. A great positive community, and in this world with the online community, having a nice positive place that you can go to and just talk and be and not feel like you have to be in a fight constantly. It's relaxing to me. So I just like to thank uh, those listeners and those. Audience members, right there, who have been on Discord because it's really been fantastic talking with you guys. So join us over there, discord.animatingcast.com. And uh, speaking of RetroZap.com and all the stuff over there, uh, the plug that I'm going to give today is for Starships, Sabres, and Scoundrels. You can join Jay Krebs, Dennis Keithley, and Darth Taxis. They all talk about, you know, Star Wars. And it uh, has some really funny skits as well, including a uh, uh, Harrison Ford-sounding uh, uh, impression recently on, on uh, their latest episode where they did a little Conja Club uh, parody. And, uh, yeah, if you like Harrison Ford on today's episode, you will probably want to hear more that on Starships, Sabres, and Scoundrels. So, for Nathan and Kelly... This is Joey saying, good night, everybody. Good night. Good (laughs) night, (laughs)
3: everybody.
1: (laughs) Everybody. Nice dramatic pause, Nathan.